We had some real gems on this podcast before we were recording. And we did not record them. But now, now we got nothing to say. Welcome to AirTag News. This is an AirTag podcast now. This is an all AirTags no, no. uh, Air no. podcast. I know. I we used to be an Apple Watch show. I still can't. And now it's Air, uh, when now we were AirTags. When we were traveling a few weeks ago, um, we have a, I bought a four-pack back in the, you know, when they first came out. And I've got one that was um, on, I gave my wife and she had on her keys, and one that I had in a backpack that I often carry, and one in, a, we got a nice pair of binoculars. And I was like, oh, I'll pop them in here so we don't lose them. And I had one left, and I was like, oh, it'll be great. I'll grab it and put it in the suitcase. Can't fucking find it. <laughs> it, it when it was never activated is the problem, so I don't... I, I literally just... It's in that little white cardboard folder it came in somewhere probably in my office. Hmm. That does you That's no fun. good. It does me zero good. Because you know where your office is. I am 100% sure where my office is. Yeah. Well, 98. <laughs> You're probably there right now. There's no way to be sure. I don't have an air tag on me. I know, right? Well, there's one in the room, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> if only my device would alert me, telling me there's an air tag here mm-hmm. that is not mine. Yeah, right. Uh, right. That'd be and the reason yeah. we say this is now an all air tag news podcast. Oh, thanks uh, for explaining. Why. It's because there's an easy news. act to follow, if you will, um, is uh, that Apple and Google are leading an initiative. To make some kind of industry specification to address unwanted tracking, I don't really understand how it's going to work, but at least they care about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that I guess it's just making a standard, right? Like, yeah, how is it going to work the same way it currently works, right? Like, it's just they will both be able to use it. So Android devices, basically, they will like because Android devices right now, I don't think there's any any way for that they can be used. I think to locate it, there is some interoperability, but I don't think it gives you alerts. If you if there's one, right? I think it's it's a an, like a a common technology that both of those companies, along with Samsung and Tile and others, can all use to note right. when something's following you. Which is smart. I mean, this is the kind yeah. of thing they got they got dinged for heavily when it came out, right? And this is, I think, this is kind of similar to the um, not exactly the same, but you remember the the ill fated CSAM venture? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a similar idea of Apple not thinking through uh, consequences. And in that case, it was more in the case of like, we are doing this thing to ostensibly prevent this terrible thing using technology, but that technology could be used for other things. Whereas in this case, it's like, this is a technology we designed for other things that can also be terribly misused. Um, but in the, the, key, the through line, if you're following this, is people using technology to do bad things. Breaking news. And how they always will. <laughs> Is there anything else to use technology for? Uh, I mean, I was going to say podcasting, but argument, that's actually a bad, a bad thing. <laughs> in, this, in this particular case, anyway. In this yeah. particular Not to my case. kids' not, college yeah. education. <laughs> yeah. I'm not generalizing. I'm being specific. You're being very specific. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, sure, that's great. I, I think it's probably good for Apple to, you know, take the lead on this. Since it's something that they are, they've also popularized. I mean, all those third-party extension, like third-party um, tracker things. You know, none of them, I think, probably have as much weight in the industry as Apple does. I guess so. it seemed like Tile was pretty big before Apple got into this business. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's just a different level, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You know, they're probably big 
for that market. But then Apple comes in, and it's like, we're right. also Apple. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. Well. Well, that's our AirTag news, everybody. Good, it's oh, everybody. not. It's not our. Well, it's no, not there's, all. There's, we, more, we, there's, there's more. more there's plenty news. more AirTag news, man. But oh, wait, there's sure. more AirTag news. <laughs> Lex's role has devolved to announcer, uh, possible commercial break, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and questions. Yeah. <laughs> well, is this John, the NYPD story? Yeah, the NYPD. Yeah, which uh, I guess I was surprised by this. So the New York Police Department encourages car owners to use AirTags to deter theft. <laughs> 500, 500 free air tags available. Or they just like throw them up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I'm I hope they're not dropping they them from buildings. It's a scavenger hunt. First, you have to find the air tags. Mm. Dan, Dan will not be able to <laughs> complete this. The best air tag is the one you have with you. Well, the one that you have with you that's also activated. <laughs> right. But so, yeah, but yeah, the NYPD is recommending that people in neighborhoods in New York where uh, there's a lot of car thefts, hey, stick an air tag in there, and then we'll be able to find your car better. Ah, uh, okay. yes, the classic uh, slogan, put an air tag on it. If you like it, then you should put mm-hmm. an air tag on it. That's true, actually. <laughs> Again, that sounds really stalkery, too. <laughs> Somebody pointed out, I don't know, if did, did Gruber update his story on this? Yes, he did update it, which was because he commented they should license air tag technology into third-party products, and a lot of people were like, they already do this. He has updated to clarify. Uh, yes, this is a this is a thing. Some there's a Van Moof is an e-bike company, which I can only assume the logo for which is the dog cow. Now you're just making um, things up. <laughs> I thought the dog cow joke was pretty good. That's a callback. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they have it's an e-bike company, and they have a find their bikes have a built-in thing that works on the Find My network, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, and people are right; they should. They should put that into cars, and they should make the whole plane out of it. I guess should I be should I be should I have air tagged my car? I haven't done that yet, but I, I maybe I my, shouldn't say that on the air because now car. someone will steal my car. I've seen your there's, car; it's fine. There's not many things. I love my car. There's, there's not many things I brag about <laughs> with my cars these days, but they do basically have built-in air tag technology without air tags. Yeah. I always well, but, know where it is at all times. So, but how, here's I don't know how does that work with the your cars? It, like it has not, its own internet connection, um, right? And it has an app, and it shows me where the car is at all times. I guess my question you is, pay a monthly is fee? the car using GPS to do that or some other technology? The car is using GPS. And do Got you it. pay okay. a monthly fee? No. You don't have to pay a monthly okay. fee for that aspect. Yeah, I think most cars don't have GPS receivers built in, which is why. Yeah, mine does not, for sure. Or certainly older ones. I mean, I guess if you have SatNav or something, it probably has uh, GPS. Um, but yeah, as we've seen from GM and other car companies... Uh, technology, not really the top of their game there. Yeah. That, that'll, yeah I, that, that'll be interesting to see how they, <laughs> quote, compete against CarPlay. Well. I don't have high hopes that they're going to build something that's um, really compelling. Um, I think and, unless, point... unless the, I mean, the, the compelling part for them, of course, is being able to track people and... <laughs> yeah, I, so for I them, it'll Gruber's... be compelling, but for not for the Gruber... driver. Gruber's point that they could make it part of CarPlay, like part of that package, makes a lot of sense to me because that would be a nice feature to have built in yeah. if you already have like all that Apple technology going into it. But I don't know. I have no idea what that. And miss out on sales requires. of a $40 AirTag? How much are they? <laughs> are they that much individually? I think it's $30 for some. I it was yeah, it was like 100 for one. It was like 100 for a four pack, right? 
Okay, so it must be something more than like that. that. It must be like 30 for one and 100 bucks for four or something. Because it was actually a good deal, which is a weird, like <laughs> an odd uh, uh, Apple moment where it's like, wait a second, they're giving yeah, 29 a for one, 99 yeah, yeah, for yeah. four. <laughs> so a yeah. discount in quotes, in heavy size. <laughs> and a, a very I mean, Apple discount. That's right. a $17. <laughs> yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah, that's all right. Dan, Dan's rounding down. everything up today. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. a $17. $29 is basically $30. Come on. <laughs> true that's how i do business <laughs> round to the nearest dollar hmm. check out dan more consulting <laughs> i'm consulting you and telling you should round to the nearest dollar hmm. that's right uh anybody else bring any uh some fun stories anybody else want about, to about about air tags because we're just doing air tags sure doing air tags. All air tags. oops all air all tags, tags. <laughs> i am sad to i so i haven't gone through the process of uh recycling this old imac yet but I, I, last week, I think maybe we discussed I was trying to put the uh, Chrome OS on it, and it determined that, uh, no, it, it broken. It very broken. <laughs> so I can't even install anything on the drive. It failed. Mm. And so Ugh. I don't think I'll be able to get any money from Apple for it because it doesn't, doesn't fully work. boot. Yeah. Um, so I'm debating whether there's any other third-party, like, people who will actually give me any money for it as opposed to taking it back to apple where they'll just be like we'll recycle it for you and i'm like but like 90 percent of it works i bet molds will give you 10 bucks for it i mean the ram <laughs> in here i could just take out the ram and sell that that's worth more is it one is it one that you can actually replace the hard drive it i can't well i mean drive no and you can't quote unquote can yeah the like Somebody sent a, a link somewhere. It's like, you should just take the drive out. Yeah, and I was like, saw that. That's why. Yeah, I thought that was. But it's not it's supposed to be. It's one of those ones too that's yeah. complex. Yeah. yeah, it's not that old. But it, you, though, it does have because it's a twenty-seven inch. You can remove the RAM. The RAM that's yeah. in there. Um, so that's a wonderful. I don't know. Do people need RAM anymore? Like we're all just buying Max with it, totally soldered on now. So yeah, I guess much. maybe that does, has no no value anymore. I mean, I've got a lot of devices here that, <laughs> that can take RAM. Jeff? Probably not. Probably yeah. not the ones. Yeah, mine are older than that, so they wouldn't yeah. take those chips. Probably. Multi, would you consider your setup kind of ramshackle? Mm. No. <laughs> Just checking. Uh, all right. Well. Good. Glad we covered that. I really feel like. I mean, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, at that point, you just got to get rid of it, right? I mean, like you're. I just don't want it in my office yeah, anymore. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's it, and it like I know the longer I keep it there, the more the <laughs> I'm getting rid of. I'm like, getting rid of an old iMac. It's it's lime what? green. <laughs> wow. What are you doing with why, it? Why now? I guess is the question. Uh, it doesn't. It never worked. Um, and I I had it as just like a piece of art in my office for a while because <laughs> it's nice to look at, but you know that that wore thin. So um, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know it's the um the uh 25th anniversary of the iMac this week. Is that right? That's not right. Is right. That's not right. 100% <laughs> correct. <laughs> did you say 20th? Uh, what did you say? 25th. 25th. Oh, okay. See, that, okay. That then that this, may be this right. quality podcast. That may here. be Tell right. Tell me I'm well, wrong so... and then just determine you misheard me. <laughs> Just to be clear to the listeners, Dan edited it to say 25th in post. He originally said 20th and got it wrong. Funny story. I'm not Dan's not going to edit this part. <laughs> uh, yeah, 20, uh, May 6th, 1998. I will, I will edit it to make sure that he says 20th. <laughs> Thank you. 20th, 20th, 20th. Yeah, one of those could work. 
<laughs> yeah, I never, I never had celebrating? one. I mean, I didn't. Oh gosh, I guess the for the only one that I ever got was two thousand seven. I never got one of the uh, the original ones until uh, I got this one, this lime one at a yard sale. Yeah, I didn't have. I never had an iMac up until twenty eleven or so. Uh, so I never had any yeah. of the anything other than just the unibody models. Mm-hmm. But I had a I had a good friend in college when so like it the iMac debuted basically right as I was about to graduate high school because um, mm. I was reading I remember being in the high school library and reading my paper copy of MacWorld with the iMac on the cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> lot lot happening in that sense. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> But when I went off to college as a freshman, I had a uh, one of my good friends who I met who lived upstairs from me. She had an iMac, um, and she was like the only other Mac user, <laughs> like in my dorm, basically. Yeah, nice. those were the days. Uh, and it was funny because for some reason or other, at that point, we had when we picked our classes with a system called Course Enroll, um, <laughs> which actually had a native. It had native apps. How did they come like, up with the name? Like drop and roll. <laughs> This is the best part of the story, the name. Let's keep going on that. Yep. Riff on that, Lex. <laughs> uh, no, the the software actually ran... I mean, it was in the days when like people actually spent the time building native software for computers because it wasn't like there were web apps. So um, for whatever reason, like it, the window opened at midnight, of course. <laughs> people are crazy. Yeah. And think, of course, it's when the clock rolls over. So like we all had to stay up super late all the time when we were registering for courses. But there was this weird thing. I don't know whether or not it was a like, uh, you know, sort of apocryphal thing or not, but that Max would get in faster, potentially because since it used a different client, it were fewer of them. So the system mm. didn't get as overloaded as it did for everybody on a PC. So like people would come to try and use our Max. <laughs> to register oh for God. courses which That's was like hilarious. the one time in 1998 that anybody wanted to use a mac for anything <laughs> i remember at brandeis uh we did all the class registration via phones and you got uh there was a lottery where you got assigned what your phone time was and it was all you know keypad based you weren't talking to a human but <laughs> the trick was it also was open to anybody at two in the morning. <laughs> so if you wanted to get into competitive classes, you just register for classes then and it always worked. Yeah. So this was everybody stayed up until midnight and then you're like constantly essentially hitting the equivalent of reload. And yeah. then some people would get in. I remember one year when we were living in an apartment off campus, my my friend got in, one of my roommates, and he like finished all his courses and the rest of us are sitting there like trying to get in, trying to get in. He's like, you know what? It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna make a cake. <laughs> he made a cake and we ate cake at like two thirty in the morning. You're like, this is the fucking best thing ever. <laughs> uh college. Yeah. Those were the days. Mm. <laughs> you guys talking about having computers at college, it's hilarious. No, you didn't. I know that. Well, I did not. I did not. My undergraduate, um, a guy, the guy who we lived in, um, my apartment's senior year with us, um, he had a computer. He let me use like a, like a what was how, it like? How do you get into your it apartment? Word Star. I think it ran Word Star. Um, and um, I wrote a lot of papers on that, but and, you know, and printed <laughs> printed them out on a dot matrix. <laughs> but then when I went to graduate school a few years later, I got a, I got a Mac SE. Well, you know what else you should get? I do. <laughs> a beautiful lawn. This episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Sunday. It's time to reclaim your weekend, John. Sunday lawn care can take one thing off your to-do list. Instead of spending time working on your yard, you can spend time enjoying it. 
Sunday is everything you need to get the lawn you've dreamed of. This spring, go to GetSunday.com slash rebound and enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. No trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they ship straight to your home. You just need a hose to apply Sunday. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. And they only use ingredients you can feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, or trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply apply, let it dry, and you're back to enjoying your yard. Sunday is easy. And while some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, Sunday's full season plan start at just $109. Uh, they hooked us up here at The Rebound with, uh, with Sunday. And man, I'll tell you this, my lawn is green and lush. And uh, I, I, I live in a little cul-de-sac, and not everybody's lawn is as green as mine. I'm just saying. And uh, as I always say, it's actually fun. You hook that thing onto your uh, your hose, and then you just have fun. You feel like you actually know what you're doing. <laughs> and for a limited time, Sunday is offering our listeners 50% off your first box. So you can get started today for as little as $55 when you go to GetSunday.com slash rebound. That's 50% off your first box at GetSunday.com slash rebound. Our thanks to Sunday for their support of this show and green grass everywhere. Always green on the other side. If you're Lexus like Sunday, <laughs> we got this. We're gonna we're gonna workshop it. We got this. <laughs> you guys want to talk uh, listener questions? Well, I guess we could. I tried to see. I tried to see how much of a, a like a, a, gra- a gap I could leave there for Lex to pop those to questions. pop into the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got there. No, I don't want to talk about listener questions, Lex. I want to talk about something else entirely. I'm ready. Hit me. Uh, got any questions? He's for got nothing. <laughs> Listener TJ says, "Did you know a new season of Taskmaster has begun?" I didn't. I blame Moltz. Damn it, Moltz! Uh, I'm actually behind on the prior season. Uh, so I caught up bad. on that recently and watched the first episode of this season, which was pretty good. But the prior season, I would say, which is 14, I think, uh, 14 is an excellent, excellent season. Very good. I am going to surprise is, you I guys. Do. I actually sat down with uh, Hank and watched an episode of Taskmaster. What? Yep. yep. Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, it was good. Show notes? It was good. I wasn't blown away again, but um, uh, but it was good. I'm not sure if he liked it very much or not. I mean, he didn't dislike it for sure, but he also did not ask to watch more episodes after that. So, um, I'll float it very, again see if he wants to because he likes shows like that. I mean, he likes those. He likes crazy contest shows. So, um, he might he might want to circle back on that again. We'll see. It's, it's weird because it's totally not usually my thing. Like. But for some reason, it just it hits me square in the right place. Like it just, I don't know. There's something great about it that that just I think is unique. Okay. The only thing that I have decided over time I don't like about this show is I am well past enjoying the shtick of um, Greg not liking Alex. Like I don't think it actually serves the show, and it makes me sad. <laughs> so that, uh, that's my hot me. take. I think I I don't know. It it seems it's become the shtick. It's just the way they do it. And I mean, I think because of the fact that I know they clearly do not hate right. each other, or not even hate each other, that they, they Greg doesn't hate Alex. Like it doesn't bother me because they're both in on it. Right. Like it's a consensual part of it. If it was just if it was really literally just Greg slagging off on Alex the entire time, I agree. I would kind of hate that. But it's so weird and so. The dynamic is so strange that I kind of love it. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, so, answer. TJ, thank you. Yitz asks um, a question. Did you ever tell the story of how the podcast was named? 
If so, I don't remember. Please rehash. Thanks. <laughs> so the answer to your question is yes, we did tell the story. I yeah. believe at least twice. I think so too. Dan, are you willing to rehash? I mean, believe you mean rebound. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this podcast started after I got laid off at MacWorld in the fall of 2014. And I uh, texted uh, Lex and John about like, hey, we should start a podcast. I don't know why, like the three of us specifically. I mean, other than the fact we, that obviously Lex and... I feel like we had talked about it and then we were like, well, anything Dan does has to be through MacWorld. So we can't. Also me. At the time. Oh, no, I guess I left by then. Oh, yeah. You were long gone. Yeah. Yeah. They canned you way before. Th- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... Uh, <laughs> No, I, I think that was part of it. I don't know in particular. I mean, because the three of us had never had the three of us been together more than maybe once. A couple times before I that. Think. I think a couple of times. Maybe a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why specifically the three of us. Like, obviously, we knew a lot of other people that had started podcasts well, did we, already. Did, Much cooler people. <laughs> eh, had we started <laughs> turning this car around by then already? I don't remember the order. I don't remember the order either. We should probably be able to figure this out, but. Yeah, well, everybody goes to Google. We're so old, we can't remember these things. Yeah, I have no Uh, idea. Yeah. Um, Because I think think we might have. I think we might have started turning this car on before, and then we were like, you and I were already in cahoots, and we were like, well, let's, we should do, we should get, you know, when Dan got laid off, we were like, well, let's do a tech podcast with Dan. Yeah, that's the, that's my story, and I'm gonna stick with it at least for for the next five. Rebound was because it was my rebounding after. Yep. Having started that. Yes, you did start. I found it. It's all the way back in January 2014. So you about, you know, nine months earlier. Or yeah. Okay. So, so we already had built up this incredible rapport. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I came in and ruined it all. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> Wait, nobody said that this was a bad show. <laughs> this show has outlived. It has more episodes than turning this car around. That's true. Almost Despite the twice as many. Start. Uh, it sounds right. Yeah. Um, Josh has a question that I believe on reread is directed to Dan. Um, so Dan, when your books get made into movies, will Moltz be the costume designer and Lex the music? Uh, when my books get made into movies and I get that sweet, sweet payday, fuck all of you. I'm off. Yeah, really? I made I my, he's I made not taking mine. us with him. <laughs> I mean, other than as you know, PAs or something, you can get me a cup of tea. You don't want you. Know, I mean, I, you know, what are your are your, all the characters in your uh, your book movies going to be wearing T-shirts? Because that's the only yes, thing I can. Yeah, they all. That's wear the only t-shirts. thing I can help with. So that's the future. Yeah. The future is T-shirts, and they all um they all do parody songs. So basically, yeah, I guess that I have perfect. designed some of your logos though. So that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, John Moltz has designed a couple of the shirts you can get uh, on Cotton Bureau. Uh, the the uh, Bayer Incorporation shirt and the Queen Amina yep. shirt are very, very nice. You should pick those. I also did an un- unused White Star Lines shirt. That is true. Yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch there. There's a bunch of shirts. All the great shirts. Going to put it up there and make the money myself. I, uh, it's, it's, that so doesn't I, seem to be your usual Emma. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, Disney hasn't sued me. I don't think Dan's gonna. <laughs> I definitely don't have that much money. I would love to, um, you know, score it, uh, Dan's movie. But really, like he's saying, I'd, I'd rather write, you know, a song for the movie. But it's funny. This question triggers for me a thing that I would 
I, I have long had this vision of getting to do one day, which is an insane and dumb thing that should never happen. But I'll share it with you because I don't I don't hide my innermost thoughts from Dan and John. But uh, maybe I've, you should. <laughs> I've had this vision of doing all the foley work for a movie, but doing it entirely with like mouth noises. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, there's a horse. Like that's, uh, that also sounded really bad with Zoom's. Uh, yeah, I think Zoom cut that out. Was like, <laughs> like, Zoom, no, like, Zoom was like, Zoom I don't know what this like, is, but I'm not this. passing yeah. it along. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to hear this. Uh, I'll look forward to gets, that when I edit the podcast. <laughs> here's gets with what he calls a tech question for a change. Is Apple, as a $3 trillion company, just being petty by still not supporting NVIDIA GPUs for their high-end customers? Whatever bad blood there was between them, shouldn't a giant corporation be able to get past a grudge in order to let their customers have access to market-leading tech? I will freely admit I'm not smart enough to know exactly what's happening in this question. So, I mean, well, NVIDIA, which makes graphic cards, has long, has not appeared like in Macs for a super long time. At first, because they did... I think there was some dispute there i mean a- apple had there were macs that had nvidia chips many years ago right um and then apple kind of ended up going predominantly with ati which later was bought by amd um and then like intel integrated graphics on cheaper macs and of course now all its stuff is its own propri- its own graphics hardware so but why would i want this what can't i do that i could do if i said this is well, predominantly you, gaming you nothing <laughs> like yeah this is predominantly gaming slash high-end like video yeah. uh, effects and stuff like that um which yeah, is which, which basically means high-end video effects because i mean how many yeah. how many games are there that exist for the mac that are going to be able to take advantage of these cards right yeah i mean and granted how much vfx pipeline i don't know i'm not even sure how much of that is done on Macs these days i'm sure it would help but i think there's probably a bunch of other things that yeah that are holding that back as well uh the biggest issue right now is there's literally no Macs that you could do it in except for the old mac pro right yeah no other mac on the market takes maybe a month from now yeah i mean that's certainly possible and i think that will be an interesting question um, I don't know what this comes down to. If it's just licensing at this point, or like, you know, yeah. I, I so I, yeah, my... I mean, so I would not say that it's just pettiness, right? Because they they probably have very real business dif- differences with them. I think and... there's probably a bunch of money that is at stake where Apple, yeah. I guessing, maybe is like, right. we would like you to give us money for your cards to be the max, and the Nvidia, Nvidia being like, yeah, eh, that's not how we do business. And them just being at a stalemate, basically. Right. Um, but I don't expect it to change because I think Apple wants to talk about how great its own GPU pipelines are. Yeah. And and they're good. I mean, they're not necessarily going to hit the top end of what NVIDIA does, but NVIDIA is basically, that's what they do, right? They do graphics hardware. <laughs> that's their entire reason for existing. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is happening anytime soon. But I also am not sure that it matters. It'll be interesting uh, to see how this. I mean, I'm assuming that this Mac is coming. This Mac Pro is coming at some point. Um, I would <laughs> big surprise if it isn't. Uh, yeah, kind of said it was. I would think that it's coming at WWDC, but who knows? And and it'd be it interesting to see how too, yeah. how they make that how they make that work. You know, they they could decide to allow other people's graphic cards to be put into it or they could try and jam more of their own like you know silicone in there optionally but there's there's very little very little yeah, noise about what it's going to look like 
there's a I, big question mark around this product because the question is why does it exist right yeah what is the who is the mac pro for that is not already being served by say a mac studio or a macbook pro well i think it is it's that video per- i mean i think it is the, yeah. those particular people right because developers that- are perfectly well suited to buy, by buying you know their their needs are taken care of buying the mac studio and, and somebody else could probably talk about this more but my question is like how much of the stuff that's done in those kinds of pipelines is already optimized for Apple Silicon as opposed to stuff that is designed to run either on PCs or on Intel? Like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure that market is big enough and, and it exists as a flagship. So Apple can say, this is how, how good our computers scale up to, right? Yeah. Like they are amazing all the way. And you can have that kind of power in your like laptop, right? Um, but it's, it's a, it's a percent of a percent who buy Mac Pros. Right. Like it's a high it's a high margin product, but it's also you know an expensive product. So I don't know. I do want to double back to part of uh, Yitz's question because he says you know shouldn't a corporation be able to get past a grudge? Uh, honestly, I think the corporations are probably a giant corporation. I think giant corporations are the least likely <laughs> to get past a grudge because they don't have to, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have what is basically the equivalent of infinite money, then you're, there's you can be as petty as you want. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying that's, that's good. I'm saying it's the reality. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And again, this is a tiny market for them. So it's not exactly right. like yeah. they feel. I mean, I mean clearly, <laughs> given the amount of time it's been since they shipped a Mac Pro last, it's not one that they really think that they have to run yeah, around it, it, lighting their hair on fire in order the, to satisfy. The last time it was six years between yeah. revisions, too. So, you know, I don't think it's been six years yet, but it's been four, I think, since that last uh it was the last wwc before the pandemic i think where they rolled out the yeah and it's been 500 and something days since turnus said it was for another day right right well i mean you didn't say what day yep (laughs) non-specific well we have one more question but before we get to it i want to say that this episode of the rebound is brought to you by indochino we all want to look sharp during wedding season but it shouldn't be expensive you guys Uh, I'm supposed to describe a wedding or other formal event I've got coming up. Uh, My son's bar mitzvah. Uh, We still don't actually have a date. We had a date, and then we decided to maybe change it. And now we're thinking about maybe doing it in Israel. But no matter what we do for my son's bar mitzvah, I'll be wearing a suit. And that suit, it's going to be an Indochino suit. The cost of attending a bar mitzvah, particularly if I do it in Israel, can add up. Your suit shouldn't be a bajillion dollars. With a custom-fitted suit from Indochino, you can look good and create memories without it costing a fortune. Plus, you can have everything exactly the way you want it by customizing every detail on your suit, shirt, dinner jacket, and more in a range of colors, from a traditional black or gray to burgundy or olive to a classic Hemsworth navy. Uh, I own, as you might know from listening to the show, two Indochino suits. Maltz owns some Indochino slacks, and Dan owns an Indochino suit of his own. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Many of those things, not all, were worn to Dan's wedding, and others have been worn other times. And I will say this. Anytime I've seen any of these guys in Indochino suits or other Indochino clothing, I've said, hey, you look nice, which is true. <laughs> so there you go. I did it entirely online, as, as did you, Moltz, right? You did, did it all online? Yep. And Dan did it uh, in the in-store thing. And we're here to tell you, you can do it either way and get some great-looking clothes. Every suit is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly, with options for fabrics, lapel shape, custom monograms, statement linings, and more. They also have tuxedos starting at just $579. Why rent when you could buy a custom tux you can re-wear for years to come? 
Indochino also offers completely custom-fitted shirts, casual wear, and more. Get a superior wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without the luxury price tag. They're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend and in style. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach to spring suits with their new spring fabrics. RSVP knowing you've got the perfect look all wedding season long from Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code REBOUND to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code REBOUND. Our thanks to Indochino for sponsoring this show. Some funny typos in that copy, but I enjoyed the experience of reading it without (laughs) saying them. Indochino.com, promo code REBOUND. We all switch. Uh, listener Mahir asks, will Lex record his Sorkin cast while walking on his Peloton treadmill? If you aren't walking and talking, are you even doing it right? Mir is referencing the fact that as uh, on the day we're recording this, May 2nd, uh, I did launch a new podcast with our friends at The Incomparable. It's called Sorkin in it. It's about the films of Aaron Sorkin. It's me and Dan. Oh, sorry. Got to fix that one in post too. It's me and Brian. Fucker. Brian Warren. <laughs> but my next new show will be with Dan because I love Dan. I love Ryan too, but it's a good show. Check it out. Sorkin. You, you have a contract, sir. <laughs> with you, you mean? I don't know. With somebody. God. <laughs> you are my God. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This is a theology podcast. <laughs> is that all the questions? Uh, that's, that's all the questions. Okay, because uh, there's, there's a couple other things we could talk about. If we're, you know, unless do we're it. done, you know, unless we want to quit, you know, Cut out early, but um, there's a new game from uh, the, the fine people t- at Snowman. I wasn't just downloading Netflix app on my phone again, <laughs> literally right now, so I could play that. No, why do you ask? Yeah, so I guess it's it's available through Netflix. It might be the first the first Netflix game that I play <laughs> after. I, I don't we know all, what the things we, you we all to the first wondered place. what the point of the Netflix game store was. What, what's the snowman thing? Uh, oh, so is they, that people they, behind Alto? Yeah, yep. they're the Alto's adventure people, um, and this is called Leia's Horizon. And I guess it's a f- sort of flying game, looks like. Um, but, you know, they do, they've done good work in the past, so I'm definitely oh, going to give it a weird. shot. Right? So it's a, it is a separate app. What? But you can only... I don't know if you can only find it or you just like, I, I went into the Netflix app and tapped on the icon for it and it took me to the app store and it's like, you can download it here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. That but makes you more have sense to, in but some you have to have a because, subscription Netflix. Right. Which is fine. It's just, it, it makes more sense than I thought it was like a thing that was inside the app. And I was like, that's what I would have thought too. App to right. do this. That seems weird. Is it streaming it? Yeah. Uh, but no, it, makes it also offers in that purchases, which seems crazy to me. <laughs> I, I, I like there's a maximum amount of money I'm willing to give Netflix. <laughs> I'm paying it. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't yeah. know what I'm giving That's them right like, now, but it's it's that. Yeah, it is the one service that I don't think we get as you know we certainly don't get as much use out of it as we used to, which is you know probably obvious. But I don't think anybody is. But uh, it's the one that I wish that I could get rid of because I don't watch anything on it anymore, <laughs> and I don't think anybody else in the house get, watches anything on it anymore. But if I mentioned trying it's to get rid of catalog. it, they would they would all like. Uh, I did uh, several how m- Netflix how much, shows recently. How much do you think some of that is like not quite sense memory, but like yes. oh yeah, I watched all these shows on Netflix, and I want to have access to these shows. But then it turns out like a lot of those shows aren't even on Netflix yeah really anymore yeah. yeah. I did downgrade. I mean, I downgraded to the um, the one, you know, like the low, the HD version, one person at a time plan, and no one has said anything. So, 
I have to check which one I'm on. I, don't, I think I'm only on HD because we don't even have a 4K TV anywhere. That's yeah. an interesting point. Now that, now that there are enough services, I don't don't need to be able to watch on so many devices. That's interesting. Yeah. You're a smart one, John Maltz. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so I, I mean, I will definitely try it. And uh, yeah, I don't looking, know that I would buy I would buy anything in that. I did crash on launch the first time I tried it during the recording of this very podcast. The app or as in the game? Uh, the app. I also can't tell if I'm playing the game or what. It just keeps on animating <laughs> nonstop. I don't think I'm doing anything yet. Anyway, hmm. um, what what service is your must-have for streaming? Uh, that's a good question. Well, uh, for Disney me, Plus. for me, it's probably Disney Plus. I mean, because I watch. I'll, I'll, even though even though that has slowed down a lot, uh, because they have, particularly the Marvel stuff, they have backed off on the pace of releasing things. So the beginning, you know, as we have discussed on Biff, there's <laughs> we have not had much to cover this year, and we are quite looking forward to Secret Invasion when that comes out this summer. Mm. But. Uh, but you know, there's there's plenty of Star Wars <laughs> stuff to. If I could only keep one, I think it'd probably be HBO Max. But I did actually very recently watch three things on Netflix. Oh, really? I watched one thing yeah. on Netflix recently. Which one was that? One that you had recently watched and maybe recommended, which was we watched about half of the Night Agent. I did watch the Night Agent. Yep, and the Diplomat, <laughs> and uh, I'm watching their story about that fake heiress. Uh, inventing Anna, watching that one. Ah. Oh, Karen, watched Karen the watched latest that. Yeah. John Mulaney stand-up special. Just yeah, I don't. I I think it's part of it is like we have a limited amount of time to watch stuff, and there are a lot of shows that are like more like appointment TV, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, we got to watch this thing. Um, and yeah, I don't know. For me, I have like a lot of shows that I like that are like strewn across different services because you know yeah. I, I I watch the Star Wars and. Uh, Marvel stuff on Disney Plus. I watch Star Trek stuff on Paramount Plus. Yeah. I watch. Um, I'm just catching up on the new season of Barry on HBO. Um, still need to watch. Are you current season. on Barry? No, I'm only on two episodes in. I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the first season of Perry Mason on HBO. I'm really looking forward to watching the second season when I have a chance. <laughs> I'm watching the latest season of um, uh, Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. Like all these shows, like. They're not necessarily like, it's weird because a lot of them are, the issue with a lot of streaming services is there's no brand. I think what works well for Disney Plus is like there's a brand there, but Amazon and, you know, to a certain degree, Apple and, you know, other ones, they don't feel like they have like, Amazon just feels like, I don't know, just whatever the shit you want, basically. (laughs) Like what makes an Amazon show as opposed to something else? I don't know. Right. Like HBO, those... I think, was good at that back in the day, and now I think they've lost it a bit with all the sell-offs of everything. There's, it's interesting because I believe that each streamer thinks that it has that, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you that they don't. Like, yeah, they. I I think that it used to be. I would use Netflix as an example. Like, if you're going to watch a Netflix original series, you know kind of what to expect even if you don't know what the show's going to be the same way like if you see a pixar movie you know what to expect that's still true for pixar movies i don't think it's true for netflix it uh, to me it still feels a little bit true for hbo where there's a level uh, hbo doesn't have the problem that i do see sometimes with even apple tv and more so with netflix shows where sometimes you can see the seams a bit more than i'd like to <laughs> like a lot of stuff that takes place in very small spaces <laughs> or <laughs> or just stuff that looks like it's on cheaper sets uh and that's yeah 
That, that is not the it's, badge of quality you want. Yeah. I, I listened to a really good um, episode of Planet Money a couple weeks ago uh, that was recommended by, I don't remember if it was a listener of this podcast or another podcast, but it's about why shows get pulled from streaming libraries. Um, and specifically using, in this case, an example from HBO after Warner basically did the merger and started selling stuff off. But it's like, here's the economics behind why they pull off this stuff from their catalog. Um, and that was the thing that made me feel worse about HBO, especially. And, I, and guess what? They're all going to do this at some point. Like, it's really only a matter of time for most of them. But um, I think HBO in particular feels very much like it's in in not exactly fire sale mode right now, but like... Yeah, let's rejigger a lot of stuff so we can get some money out of it. Um, and as the uh, as we record this, and the writers are on strike, um, that's going to play a part too, because <laughs> you know the scripted stuff is is not happening as much, and people don't want to pay as much, but the writers want to get paid better than they're being paid, and should be paid better than they're being paid. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But in this particular like podcast episode, they were talking about there's a show called Made for Love on HBO. Yeah. which had uh, Christina Milioti and like Ray Romano. Um, and so it ran for two seasons. And it was they talked with the showrunner, who was also, I think, wrote the novel on which it was based and was like super excited about making a TV show. And she was so like, oh, I got to make two seasons. This is great. Well, you know, it didn't get picked up for a third season, but it'll always be there. And then it got pulled from <laughs> HBO. <laughs> and she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and it's weird to be like they might just suddenly decide to take some of their like trademark yeah. stuff and like Game of Thrones, man, yeah, we'll send it somewhere else. The Wire, yeah, you don't have to watch that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember if I watched the second season. I really liked the first season. I don't yeah. know if I watched it all at once or well, if I you, never do that. There was you can't currently because it's not there. Yeah, it's and not like anywhere. Netflix literally did this with its own seasons of Arrested Development, so you can see the original seasons of Arrested Development, but not the Netflix seasons of Arrested Development on Netflix. Crazy. Yeah, and it's fascinating because a lot of this comes down to things like uh, a they will try to sell them to you know like what they call fast. Um, I forget what that stands for now, but it's Food like free free ad supported. <laughs> streaming services basically yeah. like 2b and stuff like that um freebie which i know lex mm -hmm. has watched some stuff on recently um and then uh, uh some of it is also just they don't want to pay the residuals right right which, yeah <laughs> which is shitty frankly <laughs> but and, you know there's different yeah. ways that these streamers and maybe this is probably what, what some of what that episode was about but there's different ways you can pay for content yes. that you license for yep. streaming services it can be uh, just like uh, what percentage of, of watch time is dedicated to it. It can be just a licensing fee. And so certainly killing it doesn't just kill your residuals. It kills any fee structure that they have related yeah. to that programming. My understanding was a lot of the, the streamers use sort of flat yeah. like payments and it's not, I mean like, and, and I guess in some cases also they, they scale down as the show gets older, like over a certain amount of time since the show has come out. And it's so it's most expensive right after the show is aired, essentially, right? And then yep. it steps down. And so by taking it off direct, I don't know if they can totally sideline it, like wait five years and then put it back on the service and be like, now we only owe you residuals for the last, you know, for like the, yeah. when it's cheaper. And like, well, that is really sucks because all those people did not get paid for something they made. And you can see how much Netflix values new stuff over renewing stuff. Uh, yeah, because it's it's <laughs> which is it's which is one of the reasons yeah. why I don't watch it as much anymore. Because it's like I never feel I I, I feel like I can't get into a show without it's this lurk, you know sinking feeling that it's going to get canceled out from under me. Right now, in theory, all shows will get canceled just as life itself will. But I understand your point. Like you want to make sure the show <laughs> has to bring the time. podcast down, man. <laughs> hey, sorry, everybody dies. Okay, this episode no. is also brought to you by Death. <laughs>